前は競り合いから4番のジャック・ドール体半分出た粘るパンサーラッサジャック・ドールジャック・ドールセットゴール2着に3番パンサーラッサその後3着に9番ウィン・マリリンの順ですウフジャック・ドール Are we descending into accents? Is that where we're going? <laughs> Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Elvis Review podcast. Give, me, the call. Your, give me your best Jacques Dor. Jacques Dor, Jacques Dor. <laughs> the best one was Amundi. Yeah, that's true. You can't quite topple that. No. That was the closing stages of the Sapporo Keenan. Are we going to get cancelled? <laughs> oh, we'll be fine. Good, any publicity is good publicity. If we get cancelled, we'll actually we'll get more clicks. Most likely. Jack Doyle, good winner yesterday. Yep, strong winner. And we're, it's a hot contest. Animo had it absolutely wrapped up. And you could still say that Animo was performance of the week, but Jack Doyle's running pretty much bang on to the, to the same level there and、um, put up a, a big performance on his return in the Sapporo Keenan Group 2. And that's a,、um, one hell of a pipe opener ahead of the Tenno show, which is next month, month after. Where are we up to? We're in August. So. Start of October, I think. The Tenno Show. And I think he, with title holder and deduce off chasing the arc in Paris, he's the best horse in, left in Japan. So my Black Book result came through this morning. And my comment is Jack Dorr, best horse in Japan? Question mark. That question was, I think, somewhat answered.、Mm. Certainly with his feet on Japanese soil, because title holder will be in Paris. And. So would deduce. Is Equinox is the Guineas winner? Was it Geoglyph? There's a couple of those.、Mm. Yeah, It's he, nice to see him do it again. He's run into the 120s there and he was already rated 125, and title holder is 127. All right. So that's.、Um, it's a decent list. It's a decent list. Hishi Iguazu, where's he going? He was originally, they were talking about him coming here, but he ran second in that Takarazuka Keenan two title holder, which has been the race of the year in Japan so far. I don't know where he's probably still. He, it's probably him versus Jack Daw.、Mm. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting. And of course, we are just completely now moving on from Euphoria, who's gone. Gone, MIA. Who knows? So he won't be in the Tenno show? He could be, but. That、um, might be. I mean, he was outstanding in it last year.、Um, but on the home front, we should just move and, and talk Animo because that was a big and significant return from him. And he's obviously back in fine fettle. He is. I think the writing was on the wall in terms of him having two trials for the first time leading into that first up run, 1400 first up. And by all reports, he paraded much, much better than he had previously. Looked a bit antsy early, but then once James got the coffin and he got into clear air, forbidden love fell out of the way, got the run up the inside, it was pretty much all over. Profondo gave him a bit of a scare, which surprised me. Fangirl, awesome from the back. I thought it was a pretty good race. It should work out to be. It usually does. Yeah. No, it should be. That should work out as a, a pretty good form race. And it was nice that it was, the,、um, it was the younger horses that sort of, and the more exciting horses that got to the fore there. And, and as you said, it was not a strongly run race. So it doesn't return a very good time figure, but it does. They all finish quickly enough to say that they're going well. So Fango was terrific late. And Animo, you'd, you'd have to say it's just the perfect platform for those horses. They haven't blown themselves out. Really good profondo. He's now run 110 or better in four of his last five starts. So while all this gloss has been going off him, he's been doing it all just depends on you know, how carried away he got early on. If you were pretty chilled about it early on, he's, he's doing everything that you would expect him to have done.、So. Can he go better though?、Um, 
Maybe fractionally, but I've got him running 116 there. How much better does he have to go? This is, I suppose, this is the thing. It depends on what, where you pit, where you pitched him in when he won a maiden there, and and you know if you decided that that's a Group One horse, well, he's probably not. Globally speaking, anyway, he's not a Group One horse, but he's a damn fine one, and there's a race out there for him. I tell you what, Road to the Coonji, Richard Lit. Now there's a race for him. If he wound up in the Coonji, you'd blow him off the park, and that's a good horse. I can imagine that would go down well in the uh, in the meeting. Uh, we're going to go to the Coonji for this stay in prospect. That's the problem. If he's only one sixteen, he's not winning anything because he's not going to be pitched into races that that rating is going to be good enough to win, which I guess he's in that sort of limbo, right? Yeah, I guess. Do you want to – yeah. No, he'll, he'll have to be well-placed, but he's a, he's a really, really good horse. So nice decisions to make. I mean, what's a – what a, what a wonderful position to be in where you can turn your nose up at a race as good as the Coonji. Not but many. There, there are also the Hill and the Craven Plate, which take no more winning than that. He win them. Imagine him going home and telling mum and dad he's going to the Coonji. <laughs> I mean, it was a glaring omission on Deep Impact's CV. <laughs> <laughs> but here you go, the Hill Stakes and, I mean, classic. when I think of the Hill Stakes, I think they pump more money into it and classic uniform won it. You tell me Profondo can't win anything. He can win the Hill and the Craven for big money. I'm not saying you can't win them. I'm just saying they're going to go to Group 1s. They're, they're not like, going they're to be... They're horses like Tally and things winning those. The Rose Hill Cup. Like, think it over's path from last year. Why can't he do that? He could. Yeah, no, I think I think there's absolutely races for Profondo to win. And as I said, I think he's um he's been building up his bank of ratings. He's been strengthening his case for being a good horse all the while losing his reputation among some. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the horse people thought he would be. People think less of him now than they did six months ago? Yeah. I think more of him. Yeah. Mm, that's, a, that's a nice angle for me. Yeah, and that's how, why you swim upstream. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you hate going with the tide. Mm. You much prefer to be on the other side of the fence. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be contrarian for contrarianism's sake, but... You know he's a big fan of Profondo. Super multi. The tips man. He loves him, yeah. Well, he's not returning any money. I suppose that's the downside. I'm not backing that's him. That's why I so don't like him. Yeah. I don't see where I'm going to make money from him. Oh, I do. And I haven't lost money on him. So, you know, what a horse. He's, he's setting himself up nicely. I just don't think he's going to run in the races you want him to, which is why I don't think he'll be a bet. But they might. You never know. Talk to me about High Field Princess. Big figure over the weekend. Ah, over at York, the Nunthorpe. It's come out of nowhere. Well, we're going through the highest rated horses of the weekend and it jumps she off the page. She has run a string of blistering figures. She ran. She won that Duke of York. I actually fancied her at Royal Ascot. She flamed there. She's won two group ones since, as is tradition. <laughs> as is tradition, yeah. Um, she won the Geist really well and then she's dropped back to five furlongs and not an issue at all. She travelled all over them and blew them away. And, yeah, she ran. So she was a contender as well, wasn't she? The um, For the highest rated horse of the week, that is. She's right up there. That's Animo and... Jack Dore-esque over there. Although you wouldn't really say that about five furlong form in the UK, would you? No. <laughs> we've uh, we've spent the last six months bagging out on it. But she, not quite to the same extent, but she did the same sort of thing. She went out there and, and found the, the riffraff and smashed them to bits over thousands. So it's a, it was a good performance. You wouldn't have expected, I was about to say, you wouldn't have expected Nature Trip to do any more. Yeah, you probably would have, but not a, you know, it was a really good win. Let's just, let's just drop it there. <laughs> But the group ones at York were terrific all week. Aid, Alpinista and, and Highfield Princess sweeping the boards there and, and that's three good winners. So the, the good races at York held up for sure. As they do every year? 
Yeah, off the top of my head, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really strong carnival run. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no surprises. Mm. The biggest flop, no surprise, with this came overnight at Deauville. High-profile flop. High-profile flop. Very elegant. Now, we we see this quite differently. We've talked about it all morning. And you I have a strong opinion. I have a strong opinion. I think yeah. it's a dumb race to have a strong opinion on. But you're looking at last night, there's nothing in it, is what you're saying. No, it was a terrible scenario and, and not one... It was a terrible scenario to make strong judgments about. I wouldn't want to hang my opinion on a race like that. And everyone's already banging on about the speed and the tempo. So we can. I mean, she... That race was not a deep group one by was, any stretch. It was average, yeah. Yeah. Although it's about the standard that, that, that the Romanade typically is, 115-16, the winner. That's yeah. Which that's is below where she is. Now, Very Elegant's absolutely good enough to win that race and win it well. We yeah. know that. Um, but, the, I mean, they've run – the time figure is the same as the basic handicap beforehand. They both run to a time figure of 92. Time's basically identical. They finished a lot faster and they did it a lot more inefficiently. They ran really unevenly. And where very elegant conceded lengths, she she conceded them at the start when they were cheap, and then tried to buy them when the price went through the roof. So it's a terrible ride if you're trying to win the Romane. Yeah, which I I had an interesting one. Were they trying to win the Romane? Didn't look like it. No, it didn't. I mean, it was a terrible scenario for her. Only one horse really did better than her in the run home, for whatever that counts yeah. for. And I think if you if you change things up, the time figure comes out about 111. That's not a bad time figure. Yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? Mm. If she's completely gone, she can't run that fast. Yeah. So her last and so her last swag of first up runs. I think this is the worst, ironically, and you were saying this before, that's her worst rating since she lost two races to Aristia. Yeah. She it's loses a, to Aristia. It's her two lowest performances in a row since 2018, mm. which is alarm bells, I think. Her first up runs have been 109, 114, 112, 114, 114. I think time figure says she's run at least 111 there. It's an awful scenario for her. I just think it's a complete – I mean, I would put absolutely – I think if you have a strong opinion there is dangerous. So I would just prefer to have no opinion on it. Mm. If she goes to the Vermeer in three weeks, I think as a – well, general vibe, she's something like a 9-2 to two chance, 550 in a May not having done that. Just very elegant turns up as she is in that race. But – People are going to put a lot of weight into this because yeah. it's the most recent performance. They'll all be showing the replays and everyone will be looking at it and we she won't <laughs> run past any horses and the Believe Your Eyes guys are going to absolutely hate it, right? We've done a lot of work on it. It matters. There is form decay. You know the yeah, yeah, recent yeah, yeah. run matters. Yeah, but I'm. this is a bad race to hang a judgment on. Yeah, okay. It's really noisy. And so I think if you watch this, what you're going to do is you're going to put a lot of emphasis on something that you will really struggle to pin down. Mm. There's so much rent, like there's so much... That we don't that drifts off into the unknown about this. Oh, about twenties or something in a Vermeer now. And if you don't want to put any weight into this, you'd say, well, maybe she's something like a five fifty chance, and there's a bet. And then you know you might be trying to. Oh, you're like, oh, but she might run badly again. Well, I don't care because she only has to win eight, like eighteen percent. Yeah, I know. This is the problem people trying to over. You know, people wanted box tickers, but box tickers are terrible because box tickers are edge free. You want to bet with edge. Yeah. Might be some. <coughs> there might be some here. Yeah, you're looking at this, obviously, from a betting perspective because that's really all that matters in terms of us making any money. But from a horse profile perspective, you'd be surprised if she was – I would be surprised if she's able to bounce back off that. She's done a lot of winning off. Her form since the Cups, like, obviously a fair way below where she was. It's less than 12 months. 
Yeah, I know, but she's had a few runs. She's gone to a new trainer in a new country and she's ran a stinker first up. I know you can say the sectionals, but I still think she ran poorly. I'm not really worried about the sectionals because I don't want to pin down anything on those as well because I think they're really hard to pin down. So what I'm saying is it's a people are going to o- be overconfident in their assessments of this race and I think no one knows a thing. Yeah. No one knows anything and people are going to act like they know something. I know one thing. It's her two worst performances in a row in her life since three-year-old season. So for me, jury's out. New stable, she didn't do anything. I'm not sure about the sentence jury's out. I use it a little bit, but you know what? The jury's always out. When in racing, isn't it? This is the whole game is the jury. We're judging every day. <laughs> That's enough. Jury's out is now banned. The jury's out on that stuff. The jury's out. <laughs> the on jury's out on jury's out. Anyway, she fronts up in three weeks. 2,400. 2,400. We 20, get answers 25 there, to right? 1. She won't be 25 to 1, will she? <laughs> People like you are tweeting 30 seconds after the race that that's her, dead and buried, living I, legend. I'm See surprised you later. She, I'm <laughs> surprised she's running again. That was terrible. Sugar-coated all you want. She raced hacks in that race. Like the level of horses she raced there in comparison to what she raced here is, like don't talk up the French form. They're average mares that she raced last night. Hmm. Ibarra's a bit better than that. She was actually... Do you know, that's what I was forget, forget about Very Elegant being the disappointment in that race. Ibarra's more disappointing in that race. Running third. Well, she's better mare than that. Mm. That's a bad effort. In my opinion. The whole race is bad. Yeah, it's a bad race. The Colin Morikara Award, which jockey flushed it this weekend. She got an honourable mention last week and she takes the award this week, Rachel King. Oh, yeah. The a Body of Work Award as well. You were just... It's like, oh, there's a couple of really good rides from Rachel King here. Bandaper. Running fourth, terrific ride, ride of the race because Van, Van der Per is, I mean, they've done a good job to bring him back yep. from where he was because he's obviously had his share or more than his share of issues but given a terrific ride to finish fourth there in a slowly run race. There's a lot of, it was very early spring stuff at Ramwick. There was a lot of slow fast, um, a lot of conservative early. One on Zapateo, by the way, we're measuring things. It's not a ride of the day but it's a big result. I mean, terrific ride for Bidden Love. So Bowman rides for Bidden Love. She runs to 99. Rachel gets on, 112. There you go. 13-pound improvement for Bowman off Rachel King on with Forbidden Love. She doesn't go any better than that, Forbidden Love. The jury's not out. <laughs> the Swamp Queen is the Swamp Queen. Judge, jury, gone. We're bringing in the executioner for Forbidden Love. And there was and, another one. Oh, yeah. Queen of the Ball. And Arapaho. And one on Arapaho. Yeah. Oh, she's had a day. Yes. So even the rides that that aren't qualifying for what we're, we're looking for a very specific set of circumstances. She's hit it twice with Queen of the Ball and Bandipur. They're the two real numbers numbers rides. And outside of that, she's gone and won two features. That's a big day. Big day for Rachel. Last three months, 18 wins against an expected 15. And in the last month, eight wins against an expected five. Flying. So flying, riding really well. One ride that can't be described as great. Well, we obviously, the tactics on Barry Lillian were horrendous. Frankie Dottori. We should give it to Frankie, but then we were like, well, you've got to pick your, you've got to pick your enemy. And yeah. we decided, well, if we're going to give Very Elegant the flop, we're blaming her, not him. Yeah. So he, yeah. he gets away with it, but my goodness. Slaughtered to instructions, but Bowman on Fangirl. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's a, as I said, it, it was probably a day where there was a lot of very conservative rides that probably have that little eye to deeper in the spring and, and this was the absolute pick of them yeah. on Fangirl, who should have run, by my read of things, runs Animo close. Mm. And she is a, she's a good mare, Fangirl, when she's on and, and she's, she's always been a late strength 
mare. So I know that you're um you're very Epsom keen with her and she does she has a nice profile for that. Yeah. I think we can agree. She looks to me as well, she is built for big field handicaps. Yeah. She's gonna love that. Yeah. So she'll I'd imagine she's going the colding path. Epsom Eagle, I assume. Oh, yeah. So you you mentioned slow fast. Do you think that's a lot of horses first up, jockeys don't really want to push a button early? Is that what it is? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think the general consensus is that, you know, you want to have a slightly softer time of it. You don't want to cook them, right? Yeah. The logic of that I would slightly question, but not entirely. I mean, I, I'm looking at this, I'll sort of question it because we want our races run genuinely and we want real tests, but... The Winx is a faux group one. It's not real. We all know it's a... What? We all know it's a stepping stone. And I do think that this shape of race, the way they've done this, it, it does look a lovely platform. Yeah. It does look ideal for horses to improve and run really well two, three weeks down the down the line. The disappointing thing in terms of backing Fangirl was Saturday was probably your opportunity in terms of getting a big price. If you backed her early in the week, you certainly got a nice price. And then now she showed her hand somewhat. And so now I'm guessing we're not really going to get a big price about her again. Like not double figures anyway. No, no, I wouldn't think so. I mean, she, I'm saying the Believe Your Eyes guys are going to absolutely hate Very Elegant. They're going to try and, you know, put her away to living legends. But fangirl, she's going to, that's flashing lights, right? Yeah. Yeah, every, every replay watcher, everyone who does their last 400s. He's gonna um he's gonna absolutely love that. And fair enough, as we said, she's she's here because she did rock at home. So yeah. sometimes those are um a bit misleading, maybe not so much here. Although I think if I just do some quick sums on the fly, makes for good podcasting. Uh six off ninety. I think she's I'd make her time figure about hundred and nine versus very elegant hundred and eleven. So she's run just a bit slower than very elegant. Anyway, oh. she's flying. You say you just <laughs> did you just did your math on the run, you might have I think you've no, no. You've failed to carry a few ones there. I love these Penrith Awards because Huey's jumped off and he's, well, I've flushed that. Yeah. I've done so well there. Just flopped around. He's hit the line. What a great return. Oh, no one. And well, like no one's disappointed. They loved it. Everyone's yeah. loved it except us. Yeah. No friends here. Should have won, Hugh. No or friends here. Should have run. Oh, well, should have no, won stretch. No, stretch. No, no, no. But should have run, should have run it close. Should have made it more interesting than that flop of the week. I mean, the, <laughs> the beauty of this, we could have given the Penrith Award on Friday because once you did your maps, that was exactly what was going to happen. So. Nice to see it play out as expected. Unfortunately, as mentioned, probably lost our chance to get a big price fangirl. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. Not a lot going on. Well, I say Arapahoe was the time figure of the day. Yeah, he's saying that. Is that he's done that twice this prep? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Heavy um, and sort of firmer. So he's, and Well, he's been a huge sectional source as well. Did we give someone a Pendrith when he won? Yeah, we did. Mm. Brutal. Yeah, he's um he's done, done and is still doing some nice things, Arapahoe. But as I said, the... These are done, we decide our around-the-ground speed figure horses are the horses that have run the fastest time without making any allowances for pace or anything like that. This is full-on Andy Bayer US style. Raw times. Raw times. So um, there were a lot of good races there, the winks being obvious, where better and higher-rated horses just didn't run a particularly fast time because of the pace and structure of the race. But Arapahoe did run a fast time and that Premier's Cup will be a good piece of form. There'll be plenty of winners come out of that, you would imagine, especially nowadays when there's so many options. Mm. That's one to um, – I'll have to crawl over that on the way to the Coongee. That's <laughs> We might end all episode. We should, we should actually. There was – it was a very thin meeting at Mooney Valley 
made thinner Looked by it. rain and scratchings. I've got it in front of me here, so I give you the right number. There's only two races that actually toppled a hundred. Okay. So, and one of them is Mancayan, who Mancayan being smoking Romans is probably. I think they would be optimistic, saying, "Well, we think we're on a Caulfield Cup path," but he would be a lightweight fifty shot in a Caulfield Cup. Metropolitan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, even there, I think he would be an each way shot as opposed to a front of the market. But oh, he's with the right stable. I mean, they can just keep going. And he has got him. I think they've made a really smart decision with Mankane getting him up and going this yeah. early. Yeah. They've caught a few on the hop and they've picked off a field of five here. Very thin race. But he, he broke 100, but Bella Nipotina was back about as well as she goes. And she was the best time on that card by an absolute mile. Uh, 113 time figure. So she went really, really well, Bella Nipotina. And was backed like she was going to. That uh, means the third horse ran a number? Extremely lucky. I had run 108 in Adelaide and 108 here. Oh, same number. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, the, the pace here was good and, and they ran fast over all time. So he wasn't necessarily finishing like a rocket, but he wasn't lying down either. So I think there's, I think he's got 208. <laughs> What's better than one strong rating? Two. He's got two of them now on the bounce. And I think there was, I think he was good enough at the death to say that he can be better than this again. I think they'll think he's better on top of the ground too, right? Yeah, potentially. <coughs> and potentially they're, they're bang right. Um, so, yeah, that was, as I said, thin meeting. The McKenzie was just another Saturday handicap masquerading as a Guinea's trial, unfortunately. Let's roll the dice. Ooh. He and Fahita-san, who missed the kick, probably finished. I think they might be visual traps. Uh, uh, they went through the line nicely, but... Uh, all skunks? I'm not sure there's a lot of depth or... There's not a lot of substance to the figures there, so I would be... Um, so the Guineas when it's in Sydney then? Well, it wasn't at the Valley. The yeah. McNeil's always better race. The McNeil will be this Saturday. Good ones. We'll be back in that, so we'll um, we'll know more about that. But, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of it yet, but we've... So I don't want to jump to any hard conclusions. A bit like very elegant. I'm just making... It's a time to sit on the fence, so I'm not making there's any a reason. hard conclusions, but... There's a reason we call you splinters. Yeah. It's the best place to be. You're never wrong on the fence. Yeah. Um... Well, let's roll the dice. We're kind of looking for it. And I don't want to fall into the trap of hunting for this and making it happen, but these horses with the two-year-old, prominent two-year-old form flaming up off the big wet, yeah. we're kind of hunting for them and I don't want to over-search just to prove my point. Yeah. But he was a, like, he'd shape quite well in that size. He's terrible here. So, <laughs> jury's out. <laughs> my... Uh my statement political debate when we in group one, I think I could be in a bit of trouble. <laughs> Something's got to stop him. <laughs> Something's got to stop him. Sir Rocket, we can flick through this. Sir Rocket, one of the classics up in Brisbane, ran 102. Yuri Royale ran 92, winning two on the bounce in Adelaide at Murray Bridge. And in Perth, do you want to tell me anything about Ginger Fly, 102 time figure? Horse is absolutely airborne. I think three in a row for him. So Yuri, Yuri Royale's two in a row and running the time, but Ginger Fly is 10 pounds quicker and three in a row. Yeah, and beat the weight swing, that old chestnut. So met, met a similar field. The time was good, but I was well set up with good speed horses in it. Ginger Fly took a sit, win last start, missed the start, and then jumped better, got into the good spot. But yeah, as mentioned, able to overcome the weight swing against and ran a new peak, and he's clearly flying. Simon Miller would be happy with how the stable's going. And we should keep going around the grounds while we're hot, because you, you mentioned York before and you caught me on the hop. I wasn't paying attention. But I did have – we had a lot of races on the weekend that are um, at both York and, and then at Deauville last night that are probably Melbourne Cup relevant. So we should extend our round the grounds to at least touch off on 
where that is at and where those winners were at. So the Ebor, traditional Melbourne Cup, it is a yeah. traditional Melbourne Cup leader, really. Trawler Man won that, saying 113. So I'm saying he's quite a few lengths away from um, being a Melbourne Cup horse. But he is progressive profile. He was 10 pounds slower than the Melrose winner, which is the sort of understudy to the Ebor earlier on the card for the lightly raced four-year-olds, which is Solcom. 10 pounds faster and looks a bit jazzier to me. Okay. So that makes me think if I'd probably rather back the Melrose winner than the Ebor winner in the Melbourne Cup. Gosden, Dottori, Blue Jacket, Trawler Man, that is, the Ebor winner. So I can see if they did pull the trigger, and I think they probably will, that he'll be – a lot of people will give him more than a more than a second look. Yeah. Um, and fair enough. I'm, I'm not hard against, but I, I did think – So Frankie one-on-one. Frankie one-on-one. Um. There was another winner at York, the Lonsdale, which just chopped a bit. Stradivarius came out and then Trushan, they pulled him out because oh. the, the ground was too perfect. One with a bit in hand, this oh, one. Ridiculous. And then, yeah, so this Quickthorn, this was a contender for um, Morikawa. I didn't think of that. Yeah. No, Rachel King deserves it. She yeah. smashed it. But Aussie Tom on, did you see this? Oh, you told yeah. me about it today. Quickthorn won the Lonsdale Cup, admittedly a chopped up version, but he won it by 14 lengths. Yeah, which is insane. Insane. So he's run to a, you know, he's run into the 120s there as well for for sure and certain. And that's he's run a bit better in this race than the Lonsdale Cup has been Spanish Mission last year. Max Dynamite, Quest for More, who was a big flame up down here, El Paradiso, a couple of others, um, and he's outperformed all of those. But I don't think there was any mention of Melbourne afterwards for Quickthorn. But he's a good ten pounds better than the Ebor. That's a. I mean, if he came down here off that, it would be. I mean, he's getting our Dunno segment for sure and certain because you win that race by fourteen lengths. Dunno. When you are rating that race, what is your margin fairer with such a dominant victory like that? It does. I mean, it's obviously you, you've got fewer data points to work with, and because we had the scratchings, we didn't have a lot of form to, to go on. It actually handicaps out pretty easy, 122, and the, the modelling error on that is pretty low. So that's somewhat of a, su- a surprise. But, yeah, they can be tricky to rate. Might get a bit tricky to peg down. The other one that needs mentioning is that last night after, unless you went to bed sulking after Very Elegant, stuck around and watched the Kergalay, Goya Senora won there and ran. I've got 113 as well, so I'm saying same figure as Trawler Man. We know the Kergalay has been a ever since the American Dunedin mm. double. It was sort of um, it's the race. The Kergalay was the race there. The Ebor had its time, and then the Kergalay. The Kergalay had more success actually. But 113, and I was just looking at Ash Run was 118 when he came off that race. To he won the Hotham, but do you run? I can't remember exactly where he ran in the Melbourne Cup. He didn't win, but he won on the Saturday. Marmelo, who was a mainstay down here off the Kergalay, was one twenty. It was a one twenty horse. He ran anywhere between one hundred and eighteen and twenty in the Kergalay and here. Um, Protectionist was one twenty. Americane was about one hundred and eighteen when he beat Managar. So we're way off that as well. So Ebor one thirteen, Kergalay one thirteen, but Quickthorn winning the Lonsdale one twenty two. So that's sort of the uh, Melbourne Cup wrap. Oh, no, I should say, Doville Legend won the Great Voltage and is coming. And I think trainer said coming straight away. And that is, and I've got that in front of me as well. On fire, oh, eh? I've got, I've got stuff. Doville Legend ran to 118, which is on the low end of Voltage winners. But I don't think that's a, I think that's a poor way to describe him. I think he's better described as a improving, fast improving 118 horse. That's a, he's a really good horse, fast improving, as opposed to a bad winner of the Voltage. Yeah, I think okay. that's unfair. I think that paints him all wrong. It's, I mean, the Voltager has been one. The best winners I've got here are the Voltager are Cracksman, Postponed, Logician, like Pile Driver. It's hard not to be a bad winner. Yeah, it's it's hard not to be a bad winner. And we've seen plenty of that form here because another bad winner was Storm the Stars, who Waller couldn't get going. But Doville Legend will stay with 
Ferguson and come down here. Cross Counter was beaten in it but ran to 122. So I'm saying Cross Counter was beaten but ran better in it. Yep. Um, and you could say the same for Snow Sky, who ran competitively in cups down here from high up in the handicap a year later, actually. Constantinople was um, – he was beaten by Logician in a really f- terrific edition of it um, and then arguably should have won or gone awfully Ooh, close to murder yeah. glass. Yeah. And then Hayes trained the absolute wheels off him. Bondi Beach, Venice Beach, Foundry, they've all – I know all these ones. Yeah, they've all come down here. Youth Spirits with Gay now and – I think ran badly in the Grafton Cup last time, from memory. Norway's jumping hurdles. Mirage Dancer ran third in this and was a Metrop winner. And probably Mirage Dancer sneaks into that. He's probably a little bit undersold just how good he was down here. He had a really good time of it down here. Um, So, yeah, Doville Legend is probably more interesting than any of those, with Quickthorn not not coming. Yeah. So, in summary, that's the only one you would consider? At this stage? Yeah, it's the only one I'd be really interested in, I think. I think that would be a fair summary of things. One horse that isn't coming from the Melbourne Cup, but it's still got you excited. (laughs) That is just so exciting! Well, he's not coming for the Melbourne Cup yet because I'm not sure about the conditions, but I don't think you qualify for running second in a Windsor Maiden. (laughs) (laughs) Got to find some interesting horses. I've been tasked with that. I've done a bad job of it, to be honest, because I've forgotten to, to do it most weeks. I did it last week, didn't I? No, you're doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Ignoring all the junk email come through bagging, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so I found one. So I made sure I wrote it down. Suck here. Hang on. S- spell it out for everyone with their black book. Oh, yeah. Black book. S-A-K-H-E-E-R. Sakir. Roger Varian. Ran second, as I said, in Windsor Maiden. The winner was a horse called Magical Sunset. Traditional spelling. And you can put that in your black book as well because... Um, Looks a good piece of form. Yeah, well, I got a really fast time out of it. A faster time than any of the UK stuff that I've seen. I just went and double-checked it. Um, I think it could be a bit faster than what, what's been made out over there, which is always exciting. Um, and finished quite quickly as well. And Sakir was strongly back, 240 on the exchanges. Nice profile. There's a bit to like there. Sakir will win a race. Probably be too short, but I think, group, I think they're probably both competitive in in stakes races and this is the right time of year for that i love about now those sort of big carnivals are done so the big of it you got royal ascot they want to set the bang the two-year-olds up for royal ascot and then you've got sort of through the july the goodwood festival york and then you get this next wave of horses that are going to go off to more easier well easy is not the right word so the the really well well qualified and established ones are all going middle parks and dewhurst now now we get serious and champagne at doncaster He's probably not at that level, but they just because they're all moving up into those good races now, these horses can come through at the, the level below and you can find these fast improvers. And I think Sakia is one of those. There's also one, I actually scribbled down one before before I trumped him with Sakia called Russet Gold, R-U-S-S-E-T, Gold, who is, um, oh, not, even, not a group horse at all and, and probably, not even a, probably not even up to listed races, but he'll knock off a little Tuesday night novice or something somewhere. Perfect. There you go. So that's something. That's out of, off the beaten track a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's something. Get I've in, done my homework this week. Get him into your free black book at Racing and Sports. You're not in the office Friday, so we might have to preamble on Thursday. Early preamble. Lock it in. Lock it in. 